Hi, you guys. Welcome to Cabernet and Keegan Allen. Hello, Cabernet and Are you a wine drinker, Keegan? I don't indulge. I enjoy people that do. Mr. Norman Buckley, director of Pretty Little Lies. Thank you for asking me. The writers and Marlene know what the final word is going to be. Absolutely. They're not making it up. Does the actor who plays A know that he or she is playing A? Uh, I can't answer that. Uh, it was worth a shot. Officer Barry Maple, Jim Titus! I am drinking Cabernet right now. So. Oh, yeah! I'm about a bottle in, so don't get me into any trouble. Would anyone like a glass of Cabernet? Okay. Okay, guys. Oh my gosh. 50th. This is so exciting. <laughs> it's the Cabernet A 50th episode! <laughs> 50th episode of Realness. That's so crazy! I can't believe it. It's, and it's almost a year that we've wow. since we've started. I feel a lot of feels. I love this podcast. It makes is it me... weird to say that when it's your podcast? It's not weird to say! <laughs> it can make us happy. I hope it makes us happy. Yeah. Because that's like the only reason to do it, right? Pretty much. I Lord mean, knows we're not gaining yeah. any monetary or, you know, no one's like yeah. coming, running to take us to Hollywood. Hollywood isn't calling. Well, I mean, we go to... <laughs> no, not because of this. Hollywood's calling and asking to us to pick up their laundry. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But um, so, this has been fun, and we love Pretty Little Liars, and we love that everybody loves the show. So we're so excited that you guys have hung in there with us for 50 episodes, and we're sorry that we had to renege on the call-in, and then it turned out, like, our schedules keep changing, and then we're like, maybe we can't do it, maybe we can't, and then we're yeah. like, this is clearly just not... It's a good week. Noodles. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to. So we will reschedule that eventually. But we thought, in lieu of doing that, we thought it would just be really fun to sort of revisit some of our, um, I think, most exciting episodes. Our mm-hmm. episodes with some of the actual Pretty Little Liars, yeah, cast and one of the directors of yeah. the past seasons because. It is funny how early on, I think it was episodes 8, 9, yeah. and 11, that we that we landed these Huge guests. interviews, yeah. It's sort of like we blew our load a little early, and I think <laughs> by the time, you know, that was at the time when only, like, I think Sue and myself and Kelly and my sister were listening to the podcast. Yeah. That so, was like, we didn't even pay attention to stats, because we were just like, no one's listening. Really no one's on the other we side. We weren't even... I think listed when you searched Pretty Little Liars on iTunes for like the first ten episodes, yeah. you couldn't find us. Yeah. Because it kept putting us in wine podcasts. Yeah. And I kept being right. like, these poor wine snobs are listening to this being like, What the fuck are these bitches <laughs> talking about? Who are these pretty little liars winery? Like, that's not and we're gonna buy some. <laughs> but yeah, we were we were. It was hard to find us there in the beginning. But um so we thought, we kind of talked about this in different ways and just thought that the 50th episode would be a fun time to revisit these three episodes with these really big, amazing, awesome, exciting guests because yeah. I think a lot of you guys who's found us later on just might not have, yeah. you know, gone back to the beginning, which you're not wrong, and you also, <laughs> but then those of you who haven't with us from the beginning, you know, take, some take walk with us on this journey down memory lane, if you will. I like to think of it as our flashback episode, which um, I've, since I've been working on Nick and Nate and stuff, um, I realized that the eighth episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, it's a, a 
two-part episode, the eighth and ninth episodes, are flashbacks to the first episode. It's amazing. So you told me this, I was like, no. And then it was on, like, yeah. a couple nights later, and I was like, what? It's literally the whole episode is just, like, tossing the flashbacks from eight, seven episodes before. It's yeah. hilarious. It's like, remember that? when Will, Well, when Will first came here, things were really difficult. And it was like, that was like a day ago <laughs> in your show. <laughs> So, um, and then I also, like, it did too, like, family ties. I remember my family oh, yeah. used to get really annoyed. We'd be like, it's another flashback episode. <laughs> How many times can we remember the fact that Teeny Yothers let the, bo- the pot overflow with the boiling water? <laughs> it's in the beginning. We remember it. It's in the opening montage. Why is there a flashback? But um, we're doing the same thing. Yeah, so we, so we thought we would just um, force you guys into that. Yeah. Um, but so the first episode we're going to introduce to you guys is our interview with Jim Titus, a.k.a. True friend of the podcast. Officer Barry Maple. Detective Barry Maple. Detective Barry Such Maple, a friend yes. of the podcast. He's just been so supportive and awesome. We actually were initially connected on Twitter because mm-hmm. he went to high school with um, a friend from around the neighborhood here. And so she connected us on Twitter and was like, oh my god, like, you look pretty little liars in my pouches and that. And we are like, what? And Isn't then, he also a fan of Pittsburgh or something? Oh, I... Wasn't there also... I thought there, there was, like, another be, connection Is there a Pittsburgh connection? I hope there is. There might be. Oh, well, he, he liked was, Girl Code. He likes Girl Code. He likes Girl Code. He's, he's he from New York. That. Yeah, he's from New York originally. Which you'll hear in the a um, New Yorker. interview. Exactly. So he's... He's the best. And yeah, so he was our first official guest. And he's... Uh, is... Is Jim the nicest human who ever lived? I think that's so. A, I'm fairly certain that's a fact. I mean, we're Facebook friends now, and I, I have to say, like, he has genuinely amazing Facebook updates. I he learn does. a lot. He's really smart. He's really caring. He's got a great family. He's a nice person. He's it's just, just really genuinely a good guy, and he's a great actor, and we learned more about his acting career and he's been on Law and Order SVU twice. We did ask him. Well, I guess I won't spoil it, but we asked but him some guys, fun yeah. uh, Law and Order questions. We did ask him what Mariska Hargitay smells like, so we'll see what yeah. his answer is there. Stick around for his answer. Um, and, yeah, he tells some fun Law and Order SVU stories, and we get into PLL Sherlock a little bit. I had yeah. forgotten when I listened. I was like, oh, yeah, because we haven't talked about Sherlock for a while. Sherlock, if you're out there, hit us up. Yeah, we we, we kind of tried to turn him on to PLL Sherlock. We uh, also this episode was recorded during Snowmageddon, so yeah, that was uh, that just was a, a funny little less than a year ago. Too. Yeah, Snowmageddon twenty or what was it in January or was it like in December? I think it was January. I think it was January. So yeah. Snowmageddon twenty fifteen, but but it yeah, was, that was it's exciting. just so funny because now it's like it's November and it's like it's like pretty much sixty five degrees, degrees out <laughs> in New York City. It's total opposite. I was wearing like a light hoodie today. It was very strange. Yeah, good strange. Yeah. So but yeah, it's also very gray. It is. It's a little bit gray, but I'll take it with the uh, amazing temperature. So, so pour yourself a glass of Cabernet and settle in to listen to like just one of the most genuine, amazing humans ever. Yeah. Uh, Jim Titus, Detective Barry Maple. All right, you guys. Welcome to Cabernet and A. Hey. I'm Chelsea White. <laughs> I'm the Sue Funk. And our very special guest this week is Officer Barry Maple himself, Jim Titus, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Jim, thank you so much for calling in. 
Thank you for having me. So you are calling from, uh, I was going to say oceans away, but that's a lie. States in away. America, you're calling from an America away. So you have not. I am calling from sunny North Hollywood, California. Yeah, so jealous. Well, especially <laughs> we're in Snowmageddon. We're in Snowmageddon in 2015, so it's especially uh, it's especially poignant right now to speak to you. Did you? Have I you... heard it wasn't as, as bad as expected. No, it, no, it wasn't. really wasn't. It was kind of a big letdown, but isn't it always? Yeah, it was exciting though because we like they shut down the subway, so it was adult play day. It was. We all got a snow day today, so that I will say was not disappointing. That was fun yeah, and exciting and exciting. cute. But can I can I just say that that is crazy because I'm I'm originally <laughs> from Queens. I grew up in New York City. Yes. Yes. The mass transit was never ever shut down. Like the right. worst snow days, we always still had to go to school and. So whenever I hear stories of like schools getting closed and you know public transportation getting shut down, I'm just shocked because that's not the New York City that I know. No, we're wimpy Ab- New York. It's Absolutely. really it's New York light. It's not as cool as we used to be. We have no street cred. They're yeah. like, <laughs> there might be snow. <laughs> we're gonna stop. Uh, everything. I still miss it though. I still miss it. Oh, New York's the best. So funny. <laughs> we miss you out here too. I know. I wish you could be here in person with us, sipping the Cabernet. Should we actually, before we get into chat with Jim, should we do the little well, PLL business? I'm drinking some oh. Cabernet right now. So. Oh, yeah! Yeah! Cabernet, are you drinking? I'm, I'm about a bottle in, so don't get me in, in, in any trouble. Right? <laughs> no, no, not Listen, at all. Listen, Jim. Family-friendly question. I don't know if you heard, but we had a snow day today. So safe to be said, Sue and I started with Bloody Marys about seven hours ago. <laughs> so we're right there with you. Yeah. Um, before then, before we all get ourselves into all sorts of trouble, should we do our business, Sue? Sue always gets the business done. She's the responsible one of this of this pair. Well, so I just t- want to remind all the listeners to subscribe to Cabernet and A. Uh, we're on iTunes, we're on Podbean, we're on Stitcher. Uh, we've got about eight episodes in, and tonight Chelsea's going old school with Gato Negro Cabernet Sauvignon. Our I, favorite, our old standby. Yes. It feels like a friend. It is. It feels it's like our a friend. eight dollar friend. Which also, <laughs> P.S. Friends, in case you didn't know, now available in box form. We're really excited. Which we took advantage of. (laughs) So, okay, great. And I'm doing some Prosecco because uh, it was snow day celebration. Yes, so she's also doing a little Prosecco on the side. Okay, so, Jim, let's get right into it. We want to know, first of all, I mean, we'll get to all the PLL nonsense in a little bit, but we want to know about you, Jim Titus. How did you you wind up in this crazy acting world business? Uh, I... I've been an actor since I was a, a small child in New York City. I, I grew up doing theater and stuff like that. My my mom is actually uh, she's a makeup artist uh, and for film and television. She's very retired now, but I grew up going to film sets and just being around the industry as a whole. And so it was kind of I always grew up seeing people performing for the cameras, and I was like, wow, that's a job. Like, you get paid to do that. Right? Yeah, it's a pretty I'm cool job. I'm going to figure out how to do that. <laughs> I love that. And so then how did you finally, were your parents, I guess, were supportive, obviously, or at least to some extent? Oh, I'm so sorry. Your parents, your parents were supportive, it sounds like. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. My, my mother was very, very supportive. She's, like I said, she's an artist. And my right. father, though, was... Um, 
he was a bit more like, you gotta go to college, you gotta do all this. And I was like, yeah, but let me just see what I can do with this. Blah, 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 college. What I will say is, my uh, my father passed away when I was 19, but he got to see me in the theater, like on the big screen before he died. And he was like, he was on cloud nine. So that, that means the world to me to this That's day. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah. Oh, yay. Well, transitioning into something that's very important to Sue and I, we see you were in not one, but two episodes of Law & Order SVU. The mark, of a, the mark of a true New York the mark actor. Of a true New York actor, exactly. Yeah. And we need to know what does Mariska Hargitay smell like? If you could enlighten us. What does she smell like? <laughs> wow. Um, Is this something we thought about smoke. often? Uh, I, you know, that was several years ago, and I don't recall um, actually sniffing her. Ah, what a disappointment. Oh, that said. Uh, what I will tell you is she is one of the nicest actresses I've ever, ever worked with. She was like, I was, I was nervous as all hell. And she, uh, I had, I had one scene where there was kind of a complicated, uh, walk around technical aspect to the timing to where I had to end up in front of the camera. And I kind of got yelled at by, uh. The director. No um, way! How yeah, dare they? Got jumped in like my hero and oh. totally told the you know the director to put himself in check and to not speak to me that way, which was really awesome. Oh my goodness! Forever the Olivia Benson Smackdown, right? That is amazing. <laughs> like as if I could even like her more. I didn't yeah. think it was possible, and now I'm just like devastated forever that she's not my mom. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, that's amazing. So, um, I think Sue has a follow-up. Yes. Speaking of Mariska Hargitay, have you ever noticed that Spencer's mom, Melissa Hastings, no, not Melissa Hastings, Veronica Hastings, Hastings on Pretty Little Liars looks remarkably like Mariska Hargitay? We refer to her lovingly as fake Mariska Hargitay, Leslie Farah. Oh, wow. There's no, a resemblance, I right? Both, I think they're both very beautiful in their own individual and unique ways, for uh, sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Always a diplomat, Jim Titus. <laughs> Always diplomatic. All right, fine. We respect your answer. Um, any thoughts on Christopher Maloney? No, okay, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. I hear he's nice, though. Maloney was awesome. He's so cool, him. right? Oh, uh, he was cool as hell. And, like, he, I, I told him, I was like, you just so you know, I'm a big fan of Wet Hot American Summer. Yes! Like, he like, ran over and high five me. He's like, yeah! That's so <laughs> cool. Oh my god, well, now we're going to completely derail. How excited are you that they're making a series of based on Wet Hot American oh, Summer gonna, on Netflix? Oh my god! It's going to be great. They just so released great. the first trailer on oh Netflix. Oh my goodness. We yeah. can watch it anytime. Dinner, literally anytime. That's a little <laughs> Wet Hot reference for you there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have to ask you, ask you about this because we we're doing our research, and it seems as though you are credited for writing a short called Super Drunk with an exclamation point, which Sounds I appreciate. Sounds like our Saturday. Sounds like our every Saturday. Uh, I just didn't know if you had any thoughts, any feelings, any remembrance of this short. It just sounds very close to mine and Sue's hearts. hearts. And Super Drunk. That was, uh, that was a little... It was like a, uh, a funny or die type of short that I did with this great comedian named Rob DeRocha, who is a really great guy. And it was right around the time 
that David Hasselhoff uh, was all drunk eating Carl's Jr. on the floor. And yes. there was a viral video of that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so we, uh, Rob and I were talking and we were, we were just thinking, how funny would it be if instead of David Hasselhoff, it were Superman drunk <laughs> in Carl Jr. So funny. All of his you know, enemies. And that's that's what became of that was super drunk. That's can we really see good. it anywhere? Uh, yeah. That sounds really funny. I'm into Where it. can we view this? I believe it's still on Funny or Die. Okay, yeah. cool. We'll, we'll work, look it up. We're going to investigate that. And we'll uh, put a link in the bio about Oh, my God. It. I have an offline way that I really pissed off David Hasselhoff when he came on the talk show I used to work on. P.S. We'll offline about that, everybody. And any of our <laughs> listeners who want to know, uh, tweet us, and I'll text you personally and tell you. Okay. Um, so how did you wind up snagging the role of Officer Barry Maple of Rosewood PD? Um, well, that role came about the, um, the lovely casting directors at Zane Pillsbury Casting who have been casting pretty little liar since the beginning. I had I had went in for them for a show um, that was it was retitled as it was it was called Fairly Legal when it came on the air. Okay. And um, okay. it was a USA like law show and I, I was up for uh, um, a role on that and uh, I unfortunately didn't get it. It was like it came down to me and one other guy from what I understand. I don't know if that's true. That's how it always is. Um, <laughs> I hate that guy. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so six months later, I'd say, they called me in and they just said, uh, they said, hey, you know, this is this cool new show and we'd like you to come in and read for this, this role, which I don't know if there was miscommunication to this day. I don't know for sure, but to my understanding when I went in, it was supposed to just be one episode. Oh. And, um, so each time I got called back, I was always a little surprised. And when I was there, I actually, I auditioned for two different roles. It was, um, my first episode was, it was episode seven on season one. And there was another character that was, um, I won't say the character, but it was just, it was, it was another character that was only on that one episode. And so I was under the impression I was just auditioning for two different, you know, one scene characters on this one episode and... Five years later, I'm still working on the show. Well, I haven't, you know, been back in a while, so hopefully I'm still on the show. We'll see you next year. <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, I, I pretty I much... It's safe to assume. I think it's safe to assume. usually use you in the, the A version, the A part of the series and the B part, I feel like. Absolutely. Sure. You're all over the map. Which, P.S., should we tell Jim how we spent our... Well, we had a snow day today, and we also got all got sent home from work for a half day yes. yesterday. Yes. So we spent a lot of that time revisiting all of your Rosewood moments. So we're very familiar with season one, episode seven, The Homecoming Hangover, I believe. (laughs) Yes. So we've been watching all that. We'll have to go check back and see which character. Yeah, now I'm desperate to go back. I'm like going through that episode. Well, that's fun. So so you guys guys spent the day watching the game and lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) You are, Jim, you are killing it right now. I don't know if you've been in touch with us weekly, but I feel like you could sell some secrets there. Yeah, definitely. You are killing it, my friend. Yeah, it was very different season one to season five. Absolutely. Get it tight, get it right. So did you, I don't know, could you give us a little berry right now? Do you have like, is there a motivation? Is there like, could you give us your best berry maple right now on the spot? Or is that like the same as when people ask comedians to tell a joke on the spot? Because if it is, I'll retract. Yeah, we want to do that too. No, berry berry maple comes about when the phenomenal and fantastic writers write some dialogue for me to be a cop and all of a sudden I read it and that's when Barry Maple comes out. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't have a stock Barry voice. I don't think it's 
I think it's it's just it's me, but with um, uh, a little bit more authority, maybe. All right, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I feel like you're also always really compassionate. Like yes. your character always comes in to be like, "I'm worried about the girls," or like. Hey, I'm giving you a heads up. Like, you're the good guy of the Rosewood PD. Yeah. And as I'm sure you've heard, there's a lot of dirty cops that work with you. What do you, like, what do you (laughs) think? Or what is, like, Barry Maple, your character, like, what do you think that he thinks about this, like, really shady police department? Corrupt police department. Totally. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Every time that I do receive a script, I I have a moment when before I, I, I... you know, flipping my pages. <laughs> I sit there and I go, okay, maybe this is the episode that he gets a little dark. But yes, it just doesn't seem yes, to happen. Yes. Oh my God, hilarious. Well, yeah, which also leads into, I don't know if you know, but there is a little bit of uh, of rumbling in the PLL fandom that isn't it always the least likely character who ends up being... The uh, the bad guy. The bad guy. So, so could Officer Barry Maple actually be a? You know, <laughs> I I would be thrilled if something like that happens, but uh, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the likelihood of that is. Hey, hey, you know what? Here's what I'll say about that. Maybe if you see Barry start to pop up a little bit more often, then there might be a little something to that. But yes. for right now, I think I think Barry is just the. He's the good guy on the on the police force, and um, but I also think that most most of us know from our experiences in, in real life that the the good guy usually has some secrets that they're hiding. Yes, yeah, it's very true. I am always waiting for him to get a little dark, like right? there's something, like or maybe he gets a turn at Hannah's mom. <laughs> <laughs> the rosewood bicycle, after all. <laughs> Uh, I'm into Joshley, by the way. I'm very into Joshley. Um, well, so Jim, do you, I think you've been, you know, pretty upfront about the fact, and I would say all of the actors on PLL have been pretty upfront about the fact that sometimes even you guys don't really know what the hell is going on. I mean, there's, there's a lot happening. There's a lot on the table. So how often do you tune in or like how up to date are you actually, or is it more so just when you're called upon, like you said, and you read the script for your episode? Well, here's my um, my thing with that is that I feel that that Barry um, doesn't he if he knew everything that was going on, he'd be able to solve some of these crimes a little bit more effectively. Mm-hmm. So I try my best to stay somewhat out of the loop. Oh, that's interesting. That's that a makes good sense. point. Yeah. 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 That does keep Barry a little bit innocent because, like, I think that's why Barry's such a good guy is that he doesn't really know the full story. Right. <laughs> he just shows up when he gets the call. Yeah. Like, y'all be safe now. Don't know what the hell's oh, going okay. on. But uh, do you have any super fans in your life personally? Like, any friends or friends of friends that are like, oh, my God, Jim. Give us the dirt. Give us the details. And you're like, I literally, I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, people always want to know. People always think that I know more than I do. Right. It's, it's almost a little embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> like, like, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't, you know, I, I don't, I've been in the writer's room one time. And they weren't, it was during their lunch break, so I, I know nothing. 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's how many? Over 100 episodes of Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. You're a busy man with, with many gigs and a family to boot, so I'd imagine you don't spend as much time watching the hundreds of PLL episodes like, as, we, do. like we do with all of our don't have all those other exactly. things going on. Go we have no other responsibilities. <laughs> Which, by the way, how is your family? How is my family? How is your family, Jim? I see. My family is good. I, uh, I, wait, are we talking about real family? Oh, we're, we're, talk- family? we're talking about your real, actual Jim Titus family. Yeah. There's a lot of cuteness Jim happening Titus on social family. media. Yeah. We're doing great. I actually, um, I, I've been, I, I have a four and a half year old little boy, and I've been working diligently at teaching him how to ride a two wheeler. Nice. Oh, wow. and, uh, Today he was. Today was a very proud papa day for me because he's he's balancing now. I took his pedals off, so oh, you know, teach him how to balance. Yeah. And oh uh, he's 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 going downhill. He's balancing. It's I'm wow. I'm like I'm the crazy screaming dad in the park. Like yeah, look at him go. Oh, that's, you know? that's that's so great. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, oh good. That's, and that's young. He's doing great. Absolutely, he's way ahead of the game. Yeah. I legit Jeez, don't think good. I could ride a bike right now. I don't think I could. I haven't done it in a long time. Well, yeah, please keep doing that instead of watching episodes of PLL. You're, you're making the right decision. Do, like, yeah, go ahead. PLL family, you were saying, like, do you feel like the set's really a close set where people are really nice, or, like, is it, like, law and order inclusive, or is it just, like, special victims, no one cares, unit over at that set? Wait, is the... PLL, so I'm sorry, you P- guys are dropping in now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the PLL, the PLL fam. Oh, my goodness. It's, it it's got to be, I would say, probably the best set I've ever worked on. Wow. Every time that I show up there, I mean, it's just people are just, they're welcoming, just with open arms, and from, from you know, people from, from crew members up, up to Marlene, Everybody is just like, oh my god, Jim, it's so good to see you. Like, you know, um, oh my god, like there's um one of the women in the sound department is this woman named Jill who is like she just reminds me of like one of my aunts or something. She is the nicest woman, and so like I, I always try to seek her out and, and have a, a conversation with her if I get a chance. And um, just everybody there is just really really wonderful. And you know what's funny is like. For for a long time, I'm I'm very much the the type of actor that you know I try to stay out of the way, mm-hmm. and um, so I you know I, I wouldn't interact with them all too, all too much. And then um, I hadn't worked with the girls in a while. I'm, most of my scenes are usually with the parents. Yeah. We were noticing, were noticing that. that. We were too. noticing that. Yeah. Yeah, and and one of the I believe the last episode that I was on five twelve um, was with it was with the girls again, and somebody was talking about something, and then. I forget which one of them it was, but they're like, oh, yeah, that's Jim. He's been here since, like, the beginning. You remember him? And they were were telling somebody else that. And then, like, all the girls were, like, piping. And I'm like, oh, they actually do know who I am. They're like, I wonder if they even have any idea that I'm the same guy that's been here. It's like, no, it's not that fat cop. It's a different guy. I totally get it, though. It's so true. You always wonder. You're like, they're busy. They're doing their thing. Do they even, like, realize that, uh... You know, X Y Z is happening over here, but that's so good. It makes yeah. me happy to hear that everyone is friendly and fun. Do you oh, have everybody is so great, and so like I'm like it's so nice. Marlene has told me a couple times because I I tend to pop up on the season finales or the mid season finales. Yes, yes. And she's like, it's just not a finale without Barry Maple. Like, Aww. Just me a big hug. She is 
she is so incredibly nice. So whenever I'm working on something else or whatever, I'll, you know, I'll shoot a message over to her and just let her know. And she's so incredibly supportive. And it, it's, I think it's something that I think is pretty rare in this industry. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a working actor like a lot of other, you know, people hustling out here in LA. And I owe a lot to Pretty Little Liars because it, it opened, it certainly opened doors for me. And I'm, yeah. I'm really thankful for, you know, for their support. And, and yeah, there's their love. It's, it's a great, great group. Absolutely. And I think that's such a testament. I mean, Sue and I both work behind the scenes in TV, and I think that is such a mm-hmm. testament to, like, shows like, like that is why it's so successful, because there are such There's like a good-hearted, genuine, yeah. genuine people behind the scenes. Exactly. I think, like, people don't realize how big of a difference that that really makes, you know what I mean? And I think it shines through in, like, what you guys do. It takes a whole village to make a show that's it's, good. Exactly. It takes a village to make a show that Sue Funk and I will watch for two days straight while we're off from work on our <laughs> snow day. Um, well, I feel like, obviously, I would love to, like get into the nitty-gritty of things with you, but I think we would only scare you in our extreme knowledge of PLL. (laughs) But one thing we do ask all of our guests on Cabernet A is if in this moment in time, and obviously things are ever-changing week to week in Rosewood, but on this very day in this moment, if we threatened, Jim, if we threatened your Cabernet, who (laughs) who would you say A is? If you had to answer, or we took away your Cabernet, who would you say is AA right now? Uh, I, I, oh, wow. Um, you know what I hope happens? I hope, I hope in, this, in, the, in the finale, the hood comes off and A turns out to be Marlene. <laughs> I theorized that too. I kind of wish it was. I think that would be like would an be amazing, amazing, like, because our kids are always on the show, and mm-hmm. I think it would be really funny if it was just like you randomly see her in the background at like in a parking lot next right. to a minivan, and then it's just like, <laughs> it's me. I love that. I still am like thinking about the fact that Jim can just, that you can just reach out to Marlene King. That's like still blowing my mind. Like you can just shoot her a text and be like, mm, what's up, Marlene? Wanna... Oh, I, like the first time I ever did that, I was I was nervous as all hell. Cause I'm sure. You know, yeah. as, a, as a, you know, you know, look, look, you know, there's been 125 episodes of Pretty Little Liars uh, by the end of this season, and I've been on nine, which I'm very thankful for, but it's, it's <laughs> not like I'm a major character, you know what I mean? Sure. So, I was certainly um, nervous the first time I sent her a message, because I was like, uh, how is she going to respond to this, you know? And yeah, she's, she's everybody there is awesome. You know who's really great, too? There's a writer named Brian, who's just... Oh, I think I follow him on social media as an obsessed fan. Yes, I think I know who you're talking about. That's awesome. So he's a good... Yeah, he's so great. It's so funny. He was like... I was on Twitter just kind of like, you know, existing there, but not really tweeting at all, which I still don't (laughs) do much much But uh, But anyway, it's like I I hadn't been on the show in a while. And I just like... I kind of just like sent him a message just saying, hey, you know... And he tweeted out to all, like, just tons of the people around his fans, like, hey, everybody following Barry Mabel? And, like, he totally changed my experience on Twitter because all of a sudden all these fans started reaching out to me. And it was, it was just totally, just him being a cool guy. And, you know, yeah, they're, they're all, they're all fantastic. That's awesome. I that love this story. Really great, yeah. How do you know, yeah, do you ever, do you get the messages, like, DMs on Twitter or tweets, like, OMG, Barry Mabel, like, 
fangirls, Barry Maple fangirls? Like us. Yeah, exactly like us. Yeah, and that is the mark of a true fan of the show. I'll tell you that. Like, I, uh, I'm like, wow. You, like, like, when people know the character, me. Like, there's, there's a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, that's that cop on Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> but when I had, I had an experience in uh, Trader Joe's out here not too long ago. Oh. And um, there was, I was, I was, I was in, I was in Trader Joe's, very bummy with my glasses on and brought him the air cut. And I was just like being, being my stupid self, like dancing around with my son. <laughs> and um, this, this woman that worked there, she like, she walks over to me and she just stops and she's like, she kind of has this grin and she's giving me this look. <laughs> and, uh. I, I, I stopped and I looked around and I'm like, who does this woman think I am? Right. You know? And uh, I'm just kind of laughing at myself and she's like, are you Officer Barry? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, I am. I, I, I wasn't, you know, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, shout out to Hannah at the, uh, the Trader Joe's. <laughs> yes. Hannah that's so funny I love that yeah do you um well I was gonna say I guess we already asked the question that she had which is is Officer Barry Maple A but just a little plug for one of our favorite um PLL super fans if you are you on Instagram Jim I am on Instagram, yeah. Yeah, I'm not super active, but I'm on there. Well, if you want to just be, like, you know, a voyeur, you don't have to, like, uh, post things or interact, but you should just follow at the underscore PLL underscore Sherlock, the PLL Sherlock. She is, like, one of the number one uh, PLL fans, and she she will blow your mind with, like, her theories that she posts. She basically posts, like, PLL theories, mm-hmm. but she dives way deep into, like, the uh, literary illusions that the writers sort of plant. And you can't go that deep. Officer Barry Maple, that's Oh, like, my God, that's right. That's I'm ruining like everything. Barry, like, going against the captain's <laughs> orders and investigating the case further than he was that's told That's right. To. I forgot. You're supposed to, yes, you're staying, you're staying very pure like the driven snow. I forgot. Okay, so never mind. Forget it. Said anything, you'll, you'll know Jim. too much if you look at that Yeah, account. you'll know too much if you look at Pierre Little Sherlock. Um... So you did. Well, now I have to check it out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> now we made it sound. We made it sound very dangerous. All right. So I am Marlene King is a. Okay. Anything else we wanna we wanna try to make Jim talk to us about PLL before we end his misery here? My one question is: so you know that this town is really crazy and a horrible school system because kids keep dying. <laughs> what would you do if your family lived in Rosewood? That's so funny. If my family was in Rosewood? <laughs> like, would you be like, forget this crazy town I'm moving? Or would you be like, let me ride this out? Like, such a good I'd be point. like, I'd be like, oh, you know what? Let's, let's go check out that. I heard there's this town Ravenswood. One time. <laughs> What's going on over there? Well played. Oh well my played, God, Jim. So well played. Well, Jim, what else? What's like? What else do you have popping off right now? Or what's next for you? This is the part where you just get to plug anything you want to plug, or say, tell the world anything that you want to tell them. The world being oh, wow. like me and Sue, um, basically. <laughs> I am. I, I have I, there is a, a, a short film that I worked on that Warner Brothers uh, produced called Rise. I worked with a wonderful director named David Carlack. It's a really cool sci-fi 
film about a robot uprising in the future, and the, the special effects are amazing, and it's, it's probably, it's, it's one of the most fun projects I've ever worked on, and that should be released later this year, hopefully in the first half of this year, and we're hoping that Warner Brothers greenlight the feature film uh, based upon the, the success of the short. And um, yeah, other than that, I'm just kind of, I'm on the, the actor's grind. I was very fortunate to have been cast in the ABC talent showcase, which um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but each of the, the major networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, they all do a, a talent showcase each year where they get tons of submissions. I don't know what it is for the other network, but ABC gets mm-hmm. something like close to 10,000 actor submissions. Wow. And they, then they, they narrow it down to around like 600 to like 1,000 people that they audition. And in the end, they pick 20 actors. And I was fortunate enough to be one of those 20. What? Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I had a great experience working with, with them for the showcase and uh, becoming a part of their family now. It's, it's amazing to be able to have a relationship with the executives at the network. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what what comes of this because uh, it seems like a fantastic opportunity and I'm very excited. So hopefully you'll be seeing me on some ABC shows, um, you know, in the near future. I would say that being on an ABC family show is kind of like being on the farm team, you know, and <laughs> hoping to make it to the, to the big leagues over yes. on you know, the main network. So we'll see what happens. That's so awesome, Jim. Congrats. That works out. I'd love to see you as like the new neighbor on Modern Family. Oh my God. How That's fun what I would cast you in. <laughs> I I want a first class ticket to Shondaland. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Oh my god! If you were on a Shonda Rhyme show, oh I could see my god! What if Barry Meeple crosses over <gasps> to Scandal? <gasps> to Scandalville? <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh my god! That would be really. Uh, oh, don't get me started on like Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. I'm. I'm my obsessed. My wife and I have appointment television every Thursday night. Oh, yeah, we are right there with you guys. I'm totally obsessed. Oh my god, I wish we knew Shonda Rhimes. Who can we call on behalf of Jim? We'll just tweet her. We'll just have to tweet her. Everybody tweet Shonda Rhimes. Get yeah. Jim Titus on a Shonda show. Let's At start that Jim campaign. Titus. Let's yes. do it. Yeah. By tomorrow, Twitter's going to be flooded <laughs> with literally... Five. five tweets, maybe six, <laughs> maybe wow, six. That's, that's amazing. Because that <laughs> <Yep. five or laughs> our listenership is just killing it. Yeah, the uh, Cabernet and A echo effect is pretty huge <laughs> in the sense that it's really small. <laughs> one day, one day, one day. This, this is we're gonna we're all gonna make things happen for all of us. Shonda's listening. I can feel it. <laughs> Jim, thank you so much for talking to us on our dog and pony podcast here. And thank you for doing thank it the right way and going in with a with a bottle of Cabernet. You yeah. really like you really did it up for us. Hey, you know, hey, you know, for, for the cause, it was for the cause. <laughs> <laughs> Respect it. We're big fans, and we can't wait to check out your WB short and see you on ABC. And hopefully, Barry will come back and rescue the girls or talk to their parents about how they're in trouble. Yes, again. we hope we see uh, Barry back in Rosewood very soon. And Jim, well, we'll be in touch. We'll do a we'll do a follow up episode one of these days. Next time we see Barry. All right. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. It was great talking to you. You guys have a great night. You, you too. too. Bye. Bye. Okay, so that, that was fun. That Jim. was Jim Titus. Give him a round of applause. What a, what a class act. Just just always wonderful. A choo choo Charlie and a class act. <laughs> 
I love the story about uh, Mariska Hargitay standing up for him on the set of Law & Order. And I also want to say that we really need to revitalize the hashtag Jim Titus on Scandal. Oh my gosh, yes! Let's hashtag get Jim, Jim Titus, Titus on Scandal, guys. In a, sh- in a Chandra Let's, Rhymes like, show. Let's try and uh, tweet a Chandra Rhymes and get, like, guys, wouldn't it be so cool to see him on Scandal? Can you imagine? I think that he would be fantastic on that show. So so now, um, unlike last time when we tried to get that hashtag started, and you know, like instead of like eleven people tweeting, maybe like twelve, 12. people. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can shoot our I, for I, the stars there. Yeah, I think we can do it. So <laughs> next up is oh such an exciting episode. This I mean it was 10 minutes, but it was fantastic. It's like, I don't even know where to begin. Well, I used, I forget if I even talked about this, because I think I only I only went back and re-listened to the interview parts of all these. I didn't, like, listen to the whole rest of the nonsense. But I I reached out to Keegan Allen's, like, publicist, and because I knew he was promoting his book, and I sort of used my, like, oh, I work for, like, MTV Squirrel Code and VH1, and, you know, yeah. to try to make it sound legitimate when really we'd done, like, you know, six episodes. Yeah. And immediately she wrote back and was like, oh, this sounds great. Like, we'll connect you with Keegan on, you know, X day at X time. Does that sound okay? And I remember, like, I, like, texted Sue and I was like, Sue, oh, my God. What have we gotten ourselves into? It was, it's pretty exciting. And then I, like, hunkered down in one of the little rooms at the Girl Code office and Chandler came in with me and we, like, set up the little thing and I was like, we're, like, waiting for him to call. And I had to go into my boss's office. She was out that day and I... Went into her office, and I remember somebody, like, walking by and act- thought that my boss was there and, like, tried to go in. And I was like, no, no, don't open the door. Like, frantically waving my arms and being like, you're going to mess up the recording. This is everything. And it was just – and then I had to go back to my normal – life and my desk job afterwards it, it was yeah it, like forever change <laughs> forever a change it's like uh b t and a t before toby and after toby the thing is is after listening to it i listened to the whole episode and we keep teasing it teasing it teasing it and it's like after 50 minutes <laughs> we play the end's music and then it comes in with the interview and i'm like i bet people just didn't think it really happened they were like <laughs> well, we're like they're like, we give up. 49 yeah. minutes in, they were like, we're over this. But um, it was a really fun interview. Kingdom was super nice and oh, genuine. So sweet. Just very, very sweet guy. And not to say, I mean. Genuous, genuine guy. He was a genuine guy. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, you don't know what a person's going to be like. You always sort of worry that mm-hmm. they seem well enough. And then you talk to them, they're a dick or something. Yeah. Or, you don't know, he's. He, he did it. Like, when you follow him on social media, in some ways. It does seem like he could be, like, a little pretentious or a little douchey. Esoteric. Yeah. Yeah. But then he was just so chill and just, I felt like you could really feel that he was just a chill, uh, grateful, sort of genuine guy. So that that made me happy. And he had a sense of humor about everything, too. He did. He definitely Which was really actually surprising and really in a pleasant way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, And you can tell that I'm excited because listening to it again, and I forgot... Uh, you can, like, hear me doing my little Tourette syndrome tics, and I'm so sorry. Oh, no, really? You didn't even notice? Oh, to me, it's, yeah. like, so obvious. You can hear me if you if you pay attention, <laughs> listeners. I guess it's, like, it makes me happy that you didn't notice, track, because guys. to me, it was, like, a record scratching. Because, you know, when it, most often, 
or Tourette's syndrome tics can come out most often mm-hmm. when you're like feeling really high emotions. Exactly. Yeah. So like stressed or anxious. So I was, I mean, you know, like excited, nervous, stressed sort of yeah. the whole time. Like, oh my God. And I mean, you'll hear at the beginning, but I forgot to turn on, <laughs> I forgot to turn on the recorder for like two minutes and we had to restart. And thank God I realized when I did and Keegan was very gracious and, you know, couldn't have cared less to start again. But so then I was on high alert and you can hear me sort of like doing little like this sort of like anxious little like ticking or like sniffing noise. <sighs> I really, oh, God bless guys, you. If you guys hear it, <laughs> let me know if I need to go get a hearing test. Well, the thing, that was, the thing that was so funny about it, I think maybe the reason I even noticed it was I was um, on my way to watch one of my friend's um, one-man shows about Tourette. So mm-hmm. go see Gardener Comforts, The Elephant in Every Room, or look it up on social media. It's an amazing, amazing uh, one-man show if you're in New York City. But I was on the way to, um, you know, listening to this podcast on the way to go see a show, and I was just thinking to myself, oh man, you know, like, I'm very fortunate that my tread is kind of like eased up these days and it's not very noticeable. And then I was like, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> you are so wrong, Chelsea. But yeah, I don't know. That's just a little bit more realness. That's a yeah. little director's commentary yeah, of, cuts, of this Keegan Allen interview you're about to hear. So see if you can hear me freaking out that we almost didn't get the interview on tape. And, remember uh, that? Remember that. And then enjoy Keegan Allen's. Story about the origin of Durag Toby. You guys, <laughs> welcome to Cabernet and A. This is an epic, epic week because we are joined by none other than Keegan Allen. Ladies and gentlemen, clap them on to the podcast. Woo! Clap them on. Hello, everybody. Hello, world. Hello, Cabernet and A. We are so excited you're here, and of course, we have to know right off the bat, since this is Cabernet and A, are you a wine drinker, Keegan? What's your wine of choice? I'm not a drinker. I don't, I don't indulge um, in alcohol at all, but I enjoy people that do, and, <laughs> when, um, and, I, do, and I do appreciate the uh, elegance of uh, the idea behind fine wine. How about that? Oh, I, you know what I mean? That's good. Yeah. I respect that answer. That was a perfect answer. So, and it makes quite, sense quite because you've got a... Ago. Sorry, go, go, go ahead. It's, there's a little slight delay. <laughs> so I can, no, it's like, okay. hear thing and then I, like, answer, and I'm like, oh, okay, wait, I'm going to wait. <laughs> no, I was just saying because you've got those abs that you're known for throughout the PLL kingdom, uh, it makes sense that you wouldn't partake in booze because that's a great way to keep your abs up. Oh, um, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> if I was to drink wine, I would probably choose a bottle of Opus. Of, uh, I've heard that stuff's pretty good. All right. I like good recommendation. Maybe if I, maybe Sue, that's our problem. That's why we don't have abs all this time. It's been all the Cabernet. We'll revisit that. So let's get into why we're really here to talk about your new book, Upcoming Life, Love, Beauty, your book of photography which we're all, I mean, have mm-hmm. been waiting for. And I think, Sue, you had, you're going to kick us off, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm a huge fan of your Instagram. Your book, photography is gorgeous. Um, and you grew up in California. Was that a big inspiration? Like, I mean, your dad was part of Hollywood, too, and you worked for a while. Do you feel like California was, like, 
an inspiration, the settings and the whole landscape of that beautiful state. Yeah, I mean, you you nailed it. Everything you just said was, was spot on. I, I Los Angeles is a huge inspiration for the book, and so is New York and, you know, Paris and, um, you know, different different cities. But uh, growing up in Los Angeles and right off the Sunset Strip, um, before I ever even began my, my formal training as an actor, my father, who also was a, was a thespian, was a, was a stage actor and a film actor and a television actor, he was also an avid photographer um, as, a, as a hobby. So um, I grew up around that, you know, kind of weird obsession that parents have or they, you know, they had. Now it's everything's on the iPhone and everything's Instagram and shared instantly. Sure. When I was growing up, I don't know. I don't know how old how old you guys are, but it, there was just film film cameras back then. So he would, you know, take a, take a couple rolls of film with us everywhere, and you know, take lots of pictures. And growing up around that, when I was ten years old, he gave me his camera, his professional camera, uh, Leica M6. And from then on, I just the obsession within me grew, and um, my inspiration has always been capturing moments to share because before there was social media, I had a little photo journal and I would similar to how Instagram is where you can share it publicly. I would keep all of my, um, my thoughts, musings, writings, poetry, and photos of people, places, and things in my photo journal, um, and share the, share it with people to kind of gain access to that experience, like the human existence and, understanding how they felt looking at the images as well because everything's up for interpretation absolutely i love that you're making me nostalgic for the times when you would take a photo and that was it you either got the shot or you didn't you couldn't like put it on photo burst or like hmm, take it into photoshop yeah or yeah, you never yeah, knew if you even photos. got the photo <laughs> right yeah and there's and there's there's a lot of those going back over and scanning you know close to 1600 negatives for this book I was, um, and, you know, the book, I think, has about 420 photos. But out of all of the pictures, you know, there was tons of misfires or, you know, when I brought it into the dark room, I might have burned and dodged something a little bit too much and it was, un, you know, fixable, you know, so I had to re-emulsify re the print and then scan it. So it, it, it was just a really, like, amazing process and it's totally different than today with the algorithmic instant um, satisfaction and you know of of Instagram and and uh, the digital age. Absolutely, and that's why I think it's so cool that you obviously have such a presence on social media and you are such a big part of like Instagram, Twitter, and the whole online community. But that you can at the same time inspire kids who maybe only know digital cameras to discover this new yeah. you know way of uh, of capturing moments. I love it. We were talking about this last night, Sue and I, and wondering. Do you ever like swap tips with the onset photographers of PLL or the DPs? Is that something that comes up a lot? Do I ever swap swap what? What is it? Like photography tips with uh, the onset photographers oh, yeah. on PLL or the DPs? Like, is that happening during your late night overnight shoots? Oh, of course. Oh man, I'm so such close friends with the cast and and the crew, um, especially the crew because they're all you know the cameramen all have they're all they have cameras that are you know film cameras they came from that era as well so we talk shop and and also i i love when i'm behind you know when we're doing coverage let's say like me and troyan are doing a scene or 
um, or someone's kind of shooting and I'm getting ready to shoot something, I will step behind the camera with, you know, our cameraman, Carlos, or, um, you know, the director, you know, whoever it is, if it's Norman Buckley or Ron, and I'll step behind the camera and kind of go, go through the motions with them of what they're doing and lighting. Um, Larry Reedman, who's our uh, director of photography, he's amazing. And he's always, he's so wise and, and helpful and kind of taught, taught me a lot over the years, as well as Dana Gonzalez, who, who was with us for the first two seasons. So I've gotten the privilege of working with people that are extremely inspirational on their own, you know, just who they are, and getting to employ it in, in practice every day uh, working. So, yeah. I love I love that so much, and we were I just love how close you guys are, and I think it really shines through when all of you know Sue and I and all of us rabid PLL fans. We can tell that you guys are so close. We're actually talking to Jim Titus, who plays Officer Barry Maple, one of Rosewood's recurring cops, and he said the same thing that you guys are just, you know, real life BFF yeah. IRL, and it, it definitely shows. Friend, he said friendliest set. He said that he's ever been on friendliest set by far was Pretty Little Liars. Well, so speaking yeah, we're of, really, really lucky. You know that we have to segue into um, a little bit of PLL chatter. I know you just set the internet ablaze with a People magazine interview you gave, where you said, "You know who A is." I literally, if you Google "Pretty Little Liars," like that's the only interview that comes up. So clearly, we can't top it. We can't top it, and we won't try. So we're going to ask you uh, instead. No, you never know. You never know. <laughs> we will try. Okay, I will give ourselves some credit. We will try. Uh, will we succeed? Remains to be determined. But one of our favorite characters, hands down, amongst our Cabernet and A PLL watching group, is Durag Toby, aka Thug Life Toby. He he comes up in uh, memes a lot that will text back and forth one another. He really holds a special place in our heart. Will we ever see Durag Toby again? You know, I I. I... I love that story, and I, I have a little snippet of that in the book, and I explain that character uh, that 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 kind of came about that um, that flashback and why he has a do rag is actually a, a little bit of a uh, an internal uh, joke that we all have because it wasn't supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to keep that on during the shot. It was just to hold my <laughs> hair back, and uh, it ended up being in the shot and, and, and therefore now everyone will be like, Oh, it's little, it's little Toby. And he's about to drop the hottest mixtape of 2014. <laughs> you know? And, um, like I, I love that stuff. So, I mean, it's great. And it came about in, in such an interesting way, but I, I hope, I hope so. I hope we go back to those flashbacks and then, and then, uh, put, put that do-rag back on. I, I would definitely have a, a whole idea of what <laughs> what he's gone through to be able to wear a do rag uh, alone in a in a in a holding cell. It's pretty. <laughs> and now he's a cop, so it's even better. It's like he. I bet you he keeps a picture, uh, like a self portrait that he took of himself uh, with the do rag on in his wallet in in his like pop wallet right now. Uh, yeah, just, just to keep him humble. Remember his beginnings. I can see that. Absolutely. He's like, I came, I came from these streets of Rosewood. I, I grew up on these streets. It's me, man. Look at me. Look where I've become. I can't go back to this lifestyle. You have to. Now, every time I watch Officer Toby this season, I'm going to think about that backstory and just know what he's packing in yeah. that wallet. 
We all remember where he came from. You can never unsee it now. <laughs> you can never unsee it. <laughs> exactly. I love that so much. I love that Jerry Toby has just as much of a place in your heart. Well, so... You guys get one last question. Sorry. That's okay. Thank you, Stephen. That was Toby's lovely publicist, Stephen, who we adore. So <laughs> I guess we got to get you off to your other... Um, your other people that are dying to talk to you. But so we always end each Cabernet interview with this question, which I guess maybe is going to be tricky for you since you admitted you know the answer, but maybe you can answer in like a theoretical way, hearkening back to before you knew. But we always want to know if we threatened your glass of Cabernet right now and you had to answer, who would you say is A? Well, I can tell you that it's some it's something very shocking. And when you find out, you'll you'll be able to go back through season one, two, three, four, five, and uh, any of the other seasons that come up, and see exactly who it is in almost every episode. You'll be able to figure figure it out, and that that'll probably it'll make a lot of people really really crazy for sure. But also, it's a brilliant, 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 uh, and, and hats off to Marlene King, the developer of the show, and, and Oliver Goldstick and Joseph Doherty for writing uh, in, a, in a nod to classic cinema and how they've done in, in so, many, so many times before, of kind of giving the audience uh, all the answers and then watching the characters within that realm, that fishbowl that we're watching mm -hmm, on the television yeah. screen, giving those characters no information and watching them run around and the audience biting their nails and being like, we know who it is. He's got it. Like, you know, on the edge of their seat watching it happen. And I think that's kind of like, you know, that's where, that's where it, it becomes fun to watch the show. And, and, um, and when you do find out, that's kind of like where it's going. You are just so, you're giving uh, me chills. Does the, yeah. does the actor who plays A know that he or she is playing A? Uh, I can't answer that. Uh, it was worth a shot. Ooh. All right, I don't, I don't want Stephen to get. I don't want Stephen to get mad at me, so I'm going to let you go. But Keegan, thank you so much. This really means everything to Sue and I. And don't forget, everyone listening, if you're in New York City, Tuesday, February third, Keegan's going to be at the Barnes and Noble in Union Square. So you're going to have to DVR PLL that night, right, Keegan? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come and come meet me, and I'll, I'll sign a book for you, and we can talk everything PLL and life, love, beauty. And thank you guys so much for having me on the show. Cheers. Thank you so much, Jerry thank Toby, you. forever. Bye. 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 Whew, there you have it. Yeah. Toby himself. Do-rag Toby himself. I I mean, when he launched, when he was so receptive to mm -hmm. our do-rag Toby question, I don't even, I was just like, I'm done. Yeah. I can leave this earth right now. Yeah. I, I feel like really, I accomplished something. I think that was the first time that I really understood getting super giddy over someone famous. Yeah. Like, I really, like, having him, his response, enjoy it as much as we did, and even further so, that backstory that he had was something even better than I could have imagined, and it was just so fun and yeah. wonderful to have him be just as excited as yes. we were. Exactly. You know? Just as into really it lovely. as we were. Uh, so, Toby, we love you. Come on the podcast again. Yeah, guys. Bring some friends. Bring your, bring your friend uh, Caleb next time. Um, I wish. <laughs> I would love to talk to, to Caleb. Um, just to see what like he's like, too. I know. 
We'll try to stock as publicist. Maybe we can make it happen. Yeah. So next, or for our third and final hat trick, we have PLL. So we are not gonna put turkey for sandwich. <laughs> Should we treat tag it on the end? Should we just, right. Maybe I'll just go out on that. Maybe yeah. that'll just be like the stinger on the way out. Yeah. It'll be like stay tuned. Turkey for sandwich on lunch day. Like that. <laughs> Anywho, guys, this uh, next interview is with esteemed uh, TV director Norman Buckley. Norman Buckley. He was also very lovely, but of course, this was also back in the days when we weren't as technologically advanced as we are now, which you know is not at all. So just imagine, <laughs> just imagine what it was like back then when we were negatively technically advanced. We basically used tin cans. We basically used tin cans to record them. Well, I think the reason, because I was trying to remember, because gyms were recorded before this, and gyms sounded okay. Gyms sounded fine. But I'll tell you why. I remember that in hindsight why I think this happened. I was recording this interview with both the Skype call recorder and... QuickTime, but then uh, the QuickTime for whatever reason didn't work. So like we're in, in we're in gym. So like in Jim's interview, we just used a snowball and we turned the computer speakers on, and it was just as if like he was the third person at the round table, but yeah. recording it through the, you know, like mm -hmm. his uh, audio through the speakers. But then for Norman, since the call recorder was the only one that worked, we got that's why you hear the weird echo. Because it's recording uh, it directly from Skype, but then you also hear the okay. reverb. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's why that happened. So sorry, guys. I'm not a scientist, but you can still <laughs> yeah, you can still you can still make out some really great. He just sounds like a drops. robot, but it's yeah. we had a really fun time. I mean, very. He's a really busy director. Yeah. I mean, like he has so many amazing credits, and he. So really, I was like so excited that he took the time for us on like a mm -hmm. Sunday morning. Yeah, and he has two cats. And we all know I'm into that. And, uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of cats, right? I'm cute. Tanuki just about knocked over the whole operation. All right. Any hoodle. Um, so let's... He also talks about his sister, Betty. Oh, yeah. Which is really great. She just won an award for the Stephen Bruton Award at Lone Star Film Society. Oh, good for her. So um, just shout out to Betty, Hannah's grandma. Uh, she's a great actress and Norman's sister. Yes. And learn more about Norman's life. Uh, with this fantastic, with this fantastic interview that's not really great to hear, but you can do it. You can do it. We've like set it up like it's so terrible. It's not bad. Start listening yeah, to it. You'll it's love fantastic. it. It's worth it. You'll love it. Hi, you guys. Welcome to Cabernet. Hey, here we are. It's Sunday, but it's a special podcast. It's a very special Sunday post Valentine's Day podcast, and we have. One of our very favorites on the line, Mr. Norman Buckley himself, director of Pretty Little Lies. Clap him on to the podcast. Clap him on. Thank you. Norman, thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday. Yeah, thank you for asking me. You're on the East Coast, though, right now. Is that right? You're in... I am in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Hot Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. And I'm working on a show for MTV called Funny Carter. We were just talking about that. You're working on season two, which has not aired, correct? I'm working on season two, yes. That is fabulous. It's a great show. Um, yeah, it is a good show. Are you enjoying working with the cast? I am, yes. I've worked with Alex Saxon uh, before on Fosters. Oh, um, and um, I haven't started shooting it. I'm just in prep. But I'm enjoying being here. I'm enjoying working with the uh, crew. And so far, the cast seems lovely. Wonderful. Um, Yay. Well, we, uh, you know, we'll hopefully make this 
as painless as possible for you. We did a <laughs> marathon of all of your episodes of Pretty Little Liars well, yesterday. That's a lot of episodes. That's so about 19 episodes. <laughs> we made it through a decent amount of yeah. them, though. That And P.S., yeah, for our listeners, because this will be airing on Tuesday, but uh, the day we did the Pretty Little Liars marathon was Valentine's Day, because that's the only way Sue and I would ever <laughs> dream of spending a Valentine's Day, is pretty much romantically watching Norman's episodes of Pretty Little Liars. So... <laughs> We're very exciting lives. Our love lives are really shooting. Shooting to the man. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, how did you come to be part? Obviously your you know, directing credits list are are long and storied. How did you though become part of the PLL family? Well, I uh, was invited to come in and meet Oliver Marlene. Um my friend Lisa Cochran is the line producer. I'd worked with Lisa on OC and I'd worked with her on Chuck and Noah's place. And I had worked a lot with um, uh, ABC Family and um, uh, they knew my work uh, um, on various shows. So they've been reaching out to me as well. So I think the initial introduction was through uh, Lisa Cochran. And then how much do, obviously, Pretty Little Liars, uh, even I think for avid fans like Sue and I, we still can get lost in the sauce. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of plot twists and turns. So how much do you actually keep up with the show in between episodes, if at all? Or do you just sort of have a powwow with Marlene and the gang each time you Oh, no, I watch the show. I watch the show. I watch the show. I love that. Uh, every week, or if I can't because I'm working, then I'll catch up with the show. I, 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 but I, I've seen all the episodes. That is I, I, think it's, I think it's a responsibility of a director of a television show to, to know the show and to know the, the other episodes that, that uh, have been, been shot so that, that you really can bring to the table a full awareness of what the show's about and what the, what the storylines are. I, I, I can't imagine working in a show where I don't know all the other episodes. Um, I don't, I can't speak to those episodes. I can't speak to what decisions were made going into the creation of them. But I certainly know the entire uh, storyline. That's very impressive. And I mean, well, I feel like then you must spend as much time keeping up with all the TV that you direct as you do actually directing it. I mean, that's very impressive. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, I have a good career, and yes, a lot of it is in teen drama, so that keeps me young, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's also impressive because you do a lot of, like, a couple of your episodes were a part two of, of like, a two-parter, and, like, for those... Do you have any insight into the episodes that come before them, or are you just trying to, like, get thrown in? I know you keep up with the show, but while you're shooting, is it is it hard to do a tar- two part, a second part of a episode? Uh, no, we, we, um, we plan it that way, so I have a longer prep, and uh, anything that hasn't aired yet, I read the scripts. So I know everything up to the point that I'm working. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the I know general storylines where general where storylines are going. I, I know what the the various plans are that they have for for the show in in, in a kind of macro sense. Uh, but I um, um, I'm still always surprised by things when I watch episodes subsequent 
it's mine. It's either mine for my next episode. Uh, I'm always surprised by certain storylines and, you know, enjoy that aspect of just being a viewer as well. So this is, I think, something that Sue and I were talking about a lot yesterday. Um, of course, Pretty Little Liars fans are notorious for just analyzing every last detail of the show. So how important are, I guess, like even like prop placement or... Uh, do you guys, do you sit down with Marlene and say like, okay, you know, this, whatever, red box in the corner is actually a clue to something that's going to happen seven episodes later? Yeah, there's some of that. I mean, absolutely. There's a lot of, of, um, of, of careful planting of things. I also think there's a lot of red herring. There are a lot of, mm -hmm. of decisions made to make people think that there's more meaning than there is. Um, part of that is just to keep people guessing. Of I'm, I'm very, I'm very impressed with the writers. The fact that they've been able to go six seasons without revealing the um, essential mystery is, is a pretty remarkable achievement. Yes. <laughs> people are still along for the ride that they haven't <laughs> become irritated to the point where they, they don't want to watch anymore. I, I think it's a real tribute to the writers and a real tribute to how clever they are. In order to make that happen, you have to create inter interstitial mysteries, and you have to you have to suggest things that um, maybe don't pan out. Certain storylines, I think, fall off just because they, they don't work or sure. or whatever. But 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 there's a lot that's very deliberately planted or very deliberately suggested, so that it gives people something to wonder about. And and some of those things are deliberate, and some of them are happenstance. So you can then, I guess, more or less confirm that the writers and Marlene do have, I mean, they know what the final word is going to be, but there are some oh, twists absolutely. and turns. Oh, okay. No, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, it's not arbitrary. They're, they're not making it up as they go along. They're, they're, they're figuring things out. They're, they're, they're certainly trying to, to, to uh, create, as I said, interstitial mysteries that will, uh, that will carry them over to, uh, I mean, I think we're in the home stretch. There's, right. a, there's, there's certainly much that's, that's going to start to become resolved in, in the next uh, uh, sequence of episodes. That's so exciting. But, 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 but I, don't think, I don't think they're arbitrary writers. I don't think it's, it's uh, I, I think that things are very well planned out and very well talked through and, and um, you know, some, some things, I know that a lot of the fans get very, very irritated about inconsistencies in the timeline and, and, and things like that, but I personally feel that you know, Pretty Little Liars has a dream reality, and if you approach it as such, then you'll enjoy it more. If you try to, to make it too literal, oh, none of it makes sense. You know, I was doing a single Troy one time where she said, it doesn't feel logical that I do this, but I was like, oh, Troy, none of it's logical. It's just it's it's a it's a dream reality and you have to respond to it as such. But that being said, I think there's there's a very specific storyline that they are uh, uh following and a, a very specific story that they're trying to tell. And and I think the writers are quite wonderful. It's a wonderful group of writers. I've really enjoyed working with them for the past several years. Absolutely. Kind of my home base at this point. That's right. that's the show I do the most. It's the people that that I see the most on a regular basis, and, and I consider all of them my friends, uh, both the cast and the crew and the writers. 
such an enjoyable part. Like everyone that we've talked to, we've talked to Keegan and we've talked to uh, Jim Titus who plays Officer Barry. And like everyone who speaks about the set is just such a loving, fun yeah. place. And it's nice because the fans enjoy it so much. It's good to know that you guys are enjoying making it as well. I think that's something that makes the show like a little bit more entertaining absolutely. to watch even. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. It's a lovely group of people. And, and uh, I, as I said, I consider many of them some of my closest friends. That's wonderful. We will probably then maybe pick your brain about one or two of those people we work with. But I know, Sue, you had a, another question that we were, we were wondering yesterday. Yeah, so um, the outros, or what fans have started calling the A scenes at the very end, are those also, are, when you're doing an episode, do you shoot those? Or are those like little vignettes that are done as tags later? Because they always seem to give us a little bit of like detail as to mm -hmm. what A is doing or the motivation or it's almost like a, a preview into mm -hmm. what's to happen or what has happened. No, they're, they're shot during the episode. They're, they're, okay. they're a planned for and shot as part of, uh, part of the episode. I think there's maybe a, a couple of them over the, the span of episodes that I've done that um, were picked up by somebody else just because it was going to be easier to do it at, at, at another time when they were doing another one. Uh, uh, but for the most part, um, I think of the episodes I've done, I probably shot 90% of them. It, it's, a, it's a scripted part of the show that, that's, that's uh, planned for and shot as part of the episode. Good to know. I know, that is very interesting. <laughs> We've often wondered that. Well, and then also, we'll see, this is something that you had brought up too. Well, your episodes that you directed are personally some of Sue and my favorite. favorites. And also such huge episodes of the season. I mean, like Escape from New York, the 100th episode, the big Now You See Me, Now You Don't finale, where it was revealed that, you know, Ian Harding was sort of, you know, we thought he was A and then he wasn't, but... So I know you're yeah. about that scene. So that scene where we we see Ezra in his lair, and it's this beautiful shot where it's kind of like a, steady cam. A, it's a something. steady cam around him where we really see this fear on his face, and it's a shock to us, but it's also a shock that his privacy has been invaded in a mm -hmm. way, which is ironic because he's invading everyone's privacy. <laughs> exactly. But what was it like working with Ian on that, and like? Did everybody know that was going to happen? Was that a big, like, closed set? No, it wasn't a closed set. Uh, everybody knew it was going to happen. Um, okay. the, uh, um, the period of time where Ian was a, was a villain was a lot of fun. I think mm -hmm. it, gave, it gave him a lot of joy uh, playing, playing that, that aspect of the character and, uh, uh, I'm glad you liked the shot. I thought it was a, a cool shot myself. I was very, very, very pleased with it. Um, it's it, 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 the entire Pretty Little Liars cast and crew have been very good about keeping secrets. Um, we all know that we're not supposed to talk about anything to come. It's a, it's amazing to me that so many people on Twitter and and uh, the social media. Keep begging for spoilers as though any of us are going to give, give any spoilers. Right. It's, it's, that's not going to happen, so I don't even know why they bother to ask. So. A lot of them are kids. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> I just, I just uh, smile and say no. You're like, nope, sorry. <laughs> well, and in speaking of that scene, are there any scenes, this is a very broad question, that 
particularly stick out in your mind of all your episodes that either you remember being like, oh my God, are we ever going to get this scene? Like, is it ever going to happen where like a comedy of errors kept going wrong? Or maybe, but then you finally did, or maybe that you finally, you did it and you actually had to change the shot on the fly because of whether it be atmospheric circumstances or whatever. Uh, well, if you'd uh, asked me that question earlier, I would have given it some thought and just <laughs> and tried to, to think about whether or not, um, I'm sure that's happened at some point. I don't, I don't remember any specific um, uh, incidents right off the top of my head. I, I think part of the job as a director is to be very well planned, and uh, I, I do a very careful prep. Uh, I try to make sure that, 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 that I'm, I'm planning the day such that it will fit the schedule. And the crew and cast, it's a pretty well-oiled machine. We know how long things are going to take. We we work accordingly. So I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. So I'm sure that it's happened where we've been rushing and I've had to change something, but I, I can't remember anything right off the top of my head, now. So okay, these were our Cabernet brain children, like last <laughs> night in the middle of the night. Um, but what about just in general, of course, you know, as a director, I'm sure you always get the question of who's the cast member that is notorious for maybe forgetting their lines or, or, breaking or ex character, exactly breaking character. Or are there any of those notorious repeat offenders in the PLL cast? Uh, well, I, you know, if there was anybody who, who did that, I would, I, I, I would not feel at liberty <laughs> to share that information. I thought it was worth so, a show. Uh, <laughs> For the most part, I'll say this about the cast. I, I think that everybody is is um, is, is pretty excellent and, and very professional. It's a very professional group of people. It's it's you know we're there to, to work. It's not uh, it's not uh, about showing up and, and, and not knowing your lines because everyone understands that the responsibility is 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 to be ready to work. So. Um, Generally, the answer to that question would be no. You know, everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing and behaves accordingly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure that, I'm sure you'd like to hear something different than that. But it's not the case. We we are not here to get the dirt. This no. is this is a this is supportive yeah. PLL environment. Legit. But yeah, <laughs> speaking of people you've directed, doing our research, we found out that one of our favorite characters in real life is related to you. Your sister plays Hannah's grandmother, one of the most beloved yes, people in like just what an endearing, wonderful character in a world of shady people. She's a really <laughs> wonderful ray of light. Um, what was it like? Like. Oh, yeah. Was she ever in one? Of, did you direct her? Was she ever in one of your episodes? Yeah, I directed her. I directed her in the first one she was in. Oh, I think so when Stansler directed her in the second one she was in. Uh, that 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 came about very happenstance. Uh, Oliver Goldstick had, had come to a uh, concert that my sister had done in Los Angeles, and uh, you know, quite um, quite by by um, by. It was just happenstance. I just said to him, it was a joke, really. I just said, you should really make her um, uh, grandmother on the show. And uh, he said, yes, Hannah's grandmother. And, and it was as simple as that. He wrote her the part. So um, it, was, it, was, it was a lovely gesture. It was very nice of him to do that. And it was a lot of fun working with her. That's and so then cool. uh, they brought her back a second time. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully they'll bring her back for another time before the show is complete. Uh, we'll see. Yes, please tell them that we would love that. Yes. <laughs> and then we loved her on it. She was just 
so fun. And I think, like, just the perfect kind of grandmother in a, in a world where everyone's parents are kind of shady at moments. It was <laughs> nice to have a grandmother just call out, like, how awful Mona was and, like, how crazy people things yeah. were. It was really lovely. To yeah, have I enjoyed the character as well. I thought it was great. It, it, it was a carefully crafted character by by Oliver, specifically for my sister, which was, which was uh, truly a lot of fun. Absolutely. So, well, so do we get to, in the second half of the season five, do we see any of your handiwork before the season five? Uh, no, I, I, I come back in season six. I'm okay. doing uh, 602 and 603. I'm currently scheduled to do 602 and 603. Right awesome. There, Lovely. Which will be in April. And, um, but no, I, I didn't do any in the second half of season five. I was off doing other things. So I guess, you know, obviously we know you can't answer this question in its entirety, but can you tell us, do you know... you're going to ask anyway. are going to ask anyway, because that's how we operate here. But do, do you know the end game? I mean, do you, are you one of the people, part of the secret society, who does know the end game of PLL and who A is? Or are you waiting? Well, I know, I know the broad outlines of it. I know okay. the... the, 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 the um, um, the specifics of how they get there, I don't know, but I do know what their plan is. Okay. okay. In, in broad strokes. All right. All right. That's but, a fair answer. But I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to to, to share anything with you. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't dream. If we had some Cabernet, perhaps. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah maybe after three or four. Exactly. <laughs> do you? Well, I guess at any given time, though. Well, so yeah. See, we can't really ask our our signature question here of you guys who are in the secret society. We always ask of our guests, if we right now threatened your Cabernet and you had to answer who you thought A was, who would you, but like, would you even, could you take yourself out of the moment and even guess or like who you think like the audience thinks it is right now? I guess it's hard to guess. No, I can't, I can't go there. That's a, you know, that's a normal desires and to get me to say anything at all that might be interpreted in any way at all. I mean, I've said the most random, um, um, I've made the most random comments on Twitter that, that, that were um, not even supposed to be suggesting anything at all, and people have taken that and suggested that I said such and such and so on. I'm, I'm very sure. careful about what I say. Yeah. I can't, um, yeah. Sorry. No, I understand. I understand. It makes complete sense. Um, there is one question, though, I, ha I have to know uh, before we let you go. Is uh, as a, being here in New York City. And as a native New Yorker myself, I think that there's part of me that has to know, in the escape from New York, why was the subway station nowhere near close to what real New York subways are in terms of, like, the sea line was yellow? Like, as a New Yorker, it's just always one of those things where it's like, <laughs> that's not real! Well, <laughs> again, I will say to you that I think that watching Pretty Little Liars it should be approached as a dream reality. It's a dream New York. It's not real New York. It's a, it's a dream New York. It's all shot. All of Pretty Little Liars is shot on the Warner Brothers lot. It's all shot on the studio back lot and on the stages. We rarely go out to to any kind of other location. Uh, the uh, theater that they were in for that episode was in downtown Los Angeles. But there, there is not a desire to kind of create an exact replica of of a town in Pennsylvania or or um, an, an experience of New York as much as it's meant to suggest a, a dream version of New York. And um, 
And in that way, I think it was very successful. Um, that's one of the things I like about the show is that uh, I actually think it falls apart if you bring it out into the world too much. You know, whenever I see a, a shot that has a freeway in the background or something, then suddenly the whole, the whole illusion is shattered. Yeah. You know, the, 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 um, the success of the show, I think, is really about being completely uh, in, a, in an unreal environment, and that's why it works. You know, it's all very fairy tale like It's uh, the woods and in a small, a small town that uh, looks like your dream version of a small town. It doesn't have any real traffic or no real um, um, grime or, or dirt or, or um, um, even even red lights are are, are very rare. It's, 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 all of it is is uh, it's, it's a it's a dreamlike reality, and I think that's why people like the show because it's. It, it, really does capture that sense of dreams and fairy tales. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually, I think yeah. I it makes me even have more of a fondness for PLL, thinking of it that way. It's its own separate entity. Exactly, which is the way it should be. Well, Norman, thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday to chat with us. Sure, on yes. I hope I answer questions that were interesting to you. Absolutely. Like, uh, there's a lot I can't say, but uh, you know, I'm glad that you guys are some friends of the show and Hope you'll continue to watch it. Absolutely. Not just no, for myself, but for everybody who's involved. And and we know that as soon as we hang out the podcast, you'll text us later and tell us who it is. <laughs> so, so that's <laughs> sure. <fine>. Yeah. <laughs> now now we're fast. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, and um, yeah. we're we can't wait to see more of your work in season yeah. six. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. You, you too. too. Thank Bye. you. Okay. Bye. Guys. We're, we've reached the end of our flashback journey. It was so, so fun. Those it was memories. fun to go down memory road. I think one of my favorite things about Norman's interview, actually, I thought was interesting, was when we asked him about, like, oh, are things strategically placed mm -hmm. in the set as clues and stuff? And that's when he kind of was like, yeah, but there's also so many red herrings. And I don't know that that's a surprise to anybody, but it was it just was kind of interesting to, like, hear him say it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. That I, I thought that was one of the things I took away, that he was just like, yeah, sometimes we pay to, or not that they don't pay attention, but it's easy, you know, like, sometimes we plot out stuff like that, and sometimes we just try to fuck shit up and mess yeah. with you. And I was like, I appreciate your candor. Norman yeah. Buckley. I think it was really funny how uh, annoyed he got with me when I was just like, but the subways, oh those my God. aren't the real lines. And he's like, Sue, dream world, <laughs> dream world. But I'm like, but that line combo would never happen. I also, <laughs> like, I remember feeling just so much. so annoying to my New York self. And I remember feeling so much anxiety too when he was like, in, in hindsight, in, at the time I remember feeling like, Norman's mad at us. But then in hindsight, listening to it, it like could not have been less of a big deal. But oh, I'm yeah. just so overly sensitive. No, we but definitely felt like we were being scolded. When he was, well, not only that, but when he was, like, we asked him some question about, like, oh, did anything ever, like, go, you know, a scene that was hard to get or blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, maybe if you would have asked me that in advance, I could have thought of an answer. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Norman. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that because it is nice to know, like, things are going to be asked, but I guess I just didn't also feel like that was such a deep cut. And it's also one of the things where there's no harm, no foul in being like, pass. Like, we have no agenda. Yeah. We're just a couple of assholes sitting at my kitchen table. We don't care. We're happy that you're even answering us on the other side of it. As but, always, it's a drunken podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were sober, though, during that one. Yeah. But I think we started drinking immediately after. But I think it was also, like, 10 o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah, like, it, it was, was, like, early. It was not egregious for us to be sober at that time. It's true. It was, 
We were like apologizing. I'm sorry, sorry guys. guys that we were sober. It was 10 o'clock on a Sunday. Had it been we 11. decided to wait till noon. Might have been a different story. But guys, let's mot- let the motorcycle pass outside. <laughs> Keeping it real uh, New York. But... Thank you so sincerely for listening yes, to please. this Thank little you. dog and pony podcast and sticking around for 50 episodes. And I love each and every one of you. I think I say that a lot. And I just like, I just, this is me giving you a hug and thanking you and telling you that I love you for being in the safe space with us. Adults who like a teenage drama that's crazy and really fun to go into the mystery. I love that everyone goes into this mystery hall with us and we all theorize together and we've made so many great friends. We have. It's been amazing. I mean, I there's too many to shout out, but I just I love you guys all. We love we love you guys. So thanks so much for 50 fantastic episodes. Yes, here's to 50, 50 more. Cheers. Bye. Anyone like a glass of Cabernet?